All right. So we are in Parshas Vayishlach. And our subject today, oops, let me do the dedications. De- the shir today is dedicated by Melissa Groman, Le'iloi Nishmas, her father Yosef Leib ben Shlomo, by Toby Kindlerer, Le'iloi Nishmas, Brian Delea ben Aaron, by Elisa Gil, Le'iloi Nishmas, her parents, Nechama Bas Moshe Gershon Cohen and Chasya, Shmuel Mordechai ben Yitzchak, Adalia and Malka, and Tanya is dedicating for a full shleima for Talia Basara Rus. So we are in Vayishlach. Now we, um, we, we, the royal we, uh, devoted this cycle, this year's cycle of Parsha classes to one particular focus, which is the Nevoas. The Nevoas that our Avos Nimahos get at every stage along the way. And our, our goal is to try to get a little glimpse of the message of the Nevoah, because the Nevoah is always set at a juncture where it's preparing our obviously most for what's going to happen next. It's giving them a bird's eye view you know, from above, so to speak, of how the whole thing that they're about to go through is going to unfold and what the goal is and how it's, what its purpose is and what's going to be in the end. And so when we're looking at the story in Vayishlach of the Nevoah, Rambam, we'll see in our notes, it explains there's, it's a Nevoah, this whole fight with Yaakov and the angel. It all happens in a prophetic state. The conversation between Yaakov and the battle all happens in a state of Nevoah. It's happening in his mind. And according to the Rambam, and he's being told exactly how to understand his what will be the, in, the journey, the long journey through Gullus and the long struggle with Asa, all right? And he's getting an understanding of and how to, how to read that. And we can see from the, the, the way the Pasuk, the first Pasuk is even written, okay, which is Pasuk Chafe, that what's going to happen here is going to set him up to understand what's going to happen next. So for example, by Yevaster Yaakov Levado, Yaakov was left alone, Read the word Levado backwards. It's explaining everything that's going to happen. In what light Avram uh, Yaakov should understand it within. Okay. And we're not going to talk about the Dina incident until the end. Because first we're going to focus on the, one of the biggest questions that plagues humanity. And that is... Um, and that is the question of this relationship between Yaakov and Esav, or this, the two sides, the, you know, the two, the dark side and the light side, good versus evil. And so before we even get to the Nevoah, all right, we're going to uh, jump ahead and see what happens the next day when he actually meets Esav. Okay, so we're looking at the notes. It's, we're calling this the halacha of hate. All right, so the next day when he actually meets him after the whole battle, and he vanquishes him, and we'll get there in a minute. But Yorat's ace of Lacrosso, ace of runs to greet Yaakov, Bechabkeu, and he hugs him. But Yipal al Tsavarov, and he falls upon his neck. Vayishikeu, and he kisses him. Vayivchu, and they cried, and the, the word Vayishikeu has dots all over it. Now, remember what we also said our study of the Navuas is also going to focus on language. If we know the language of the Torah, then a lot of things begin to make sense. What words mean? There's an entire language, a Torah language. And we're going to focus on a couple of words today, such as shame, name, sone, hate, 
Okay, and of course, we'll, we're going to go deeper into what Yaakov and Esav are. So the word, first of all, on Vayishikehu, he kissed him, Vishakehu. So Rashi says, the word Vishikehu, Nakud it has dots on it. And there's a difference of opinion in the uh, Brisa and the Sifri. Though some explained it, Nakuda Nashko he didn't really kiss him with his whole heart. I'm Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yuchai. Now, when you get Rav Shimon Bar-Yuchai, you know what you're getting. The deep underlying secrets, the Ar Haganos, the hidden light beneath everything, right? So I'm Rav Shimon Bar-Yuchai. Halacha, he, the Yadua, it is a halacha that it is known, She'esav son Eliyakov. This is what we're going to focus on. It is a halacha, the Yadua, that is deeply known, that Esav, is a sone to Yaakov. Sone is a form of enmity, okay, hatred. And therefore, we, the opinion here is he really didn't kiss him with a full heart. The other opinion is he actually did because in that moment, this something changed. Okay. So what, let's go, we're going with Rav Moshe's approach. Let's go into the idea of there's a halacha. First of all, what does the word halacha mean? What is halacha? So the word halacha has the shoresh, holich. Okay, holich means to go. He says now there's no halacha that the 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 non-Jews, the Asavs, have to hate Yaakov. Rav Moshe actually makes a joke and says, if there was, it would be better because they wouldn't keep it. <laughs> but there's no halacha. So what does it mean in halacha? So holich means to go, meaning like this. When Hashem gave us a halacha, how we're supposed to live, we have Mrs. Asin Losasin. It means that this is the process, okay? This is the way through which Hashem's purpose in creation will go, will walk, will unfold, will achieve its, its purpose. The halacha that we're given is we are given a way to live, a path to go down that will ultimately allow for the revelation of the, or the, the purpose of a Kodesh Baruch creation to be, to, be, to be achieved. So a halacha is the way it has to go in order that the goal for creation has to be achieved. So when we say halacha biyadu asha'es of sonal Yaakov, you know what we're saying? It is the way it has to go for the ultimate truth to be revealed that Esav has to hate Yaakov. It is built into the halacha, the way the world will unfold. It must be this way. Don't look for causes. Don't look to explain it because of this or that particular phenomenon. It's literally built into the fabric of creation itself, that the path through which the great truths will be revealed is through the hatred of Esav to Yaakov. So what do we mean by this, okay? So Moshe goes and he brings the, these are already Kabbalistic ideas. You know, the big question of all is, you know, what is how what does Hashem want from this world? Right. So one pattern we see absolutely clearly that is undeniable. The Torah starts with a bays, and bays means two. And if you look at the way societies, the way Torah depicts the development of societies and all the stories, particularly in Boratius, you're always going to get two, good and evil. It's just built into the system. You have Cain and Hevel, all right? You have um, 
you you have it interestingly with Noah. You have sh- you have shame and cham, and then Yefes is like in between, but they're supposed to be with shame, right? It's really the two extremes. Then you have there's Avram and Nimrod are fighting. You have the two ideologies. You have Yitzchak and Yishmael. You have Yaakov and Esav. By the way, the brothers felt that they saw the world as divided in two, the good against the evil, and therefore they thought Yosef was on the side of like Yishmael and Esav. Like it was only there's only two options, but with the with Yaakov and with his descendants, children comes Torah, and that is going to be that's going to be the way that these that we negotiate these two options. It doesn't have to be only black and white anymore. They made made a mistake about this idea that Yosef that the world everything had to be either good or bad. But the point here is that we see absolutely that there is good and there's evil. There are two forces in play, and we absolutely see that. Um, the evil force, the force of darkness, all the brutality and cruelty and suffering in the world that comes on a national level and on a personal level is a real thing. It takes up a lot of space and a lot of time. And on the other hand, there's so much good life and beauty and satisfaction and pleasure. There's just so much. And this is, and they're always actually competing with each other. So here's the question. We said that it's built into the system. It's a halacha. Then there needs to be the other side, the, what's called the sitra achor, the evil, in order for the final goal to be achieved. And therefore, Eov brings up this argument. And now when you go into Sefer Eov, by the way, everyone should have Rav Schwab on Eov, literally, and go through it. Eov is dealing with the question of evil. And Sefer Eov, which most holds written by Moshe Rabbeinu, obviously, if the leader of Amishol is teaching us Torah, and bringing us our halacha, the way we have to go, right? It would behoove, it would be right that Moshe Rabbeinu would have a working strategy to deal with the question of tov and ra, good and evil, and the existence of evil, and how that's also a halacha, it has to be. So he does, he writes Sefer Eov. And in Sefer Eov, every single possible complaint, argument uh, is brought up in the debate. So to speak, between Eov and Akadosh Baruch about you know about about the the existence of evil. And what Eov says is this: Al datcha, al kilo ersha, meaning it is up to you that I won't become evil. You created good and evil. You decide who's going to be good and who's going to be evil. You decide that there's going to be evil in the world. There's going to be good in the world. You in, you in, you inserted it into the fabric of creation. It's up to you. You did this. You created it. He says, nobody can change it, no can change their faith. Saying there's an inevitability, which is absolutely true, of evil. So the Gemara and Baba Basra says, Rava says that Eob sought to exempt the entire world from judgment, claiming that all of a person's actions are directed by God and therefore one cannot be held culpable for his misdeeds. Eob said before Hashem, master of the universe, you created the ox with split hooves, making it kosher. You created the donkey with cloved hooves, making it forbidden. You created the Garden of Eden, you created Gehenna. Similarly, you created Tzaddikim, you created Rishayim. Who can restrain you? Seeing that you created people as either righteous or wicked, you cannot complain later about their actions. So Eov is bringing up a huge a huge um, a, a concept for debate. And it's not Eov, it's Moshe Rabbeinu, say for Eov, all the possible arguments that humanity can bring and questions that need to be clarified are in, say, for Eov. And therefore, it's so interesting, if you read Sefer Eov and he says things like, I don't believe in Olam Haba, there's no Tchiyas Mason. 
what we're saying is that every single question is allowed to be asked and it's meant to be dealt with. And when actually people going through terrible misery ask these same questions as that Eov asked, they're allowed to because it's a safer in Tanakh. They need not repress their, their questions. They need not um, pretend that they don't have questions. And even the halacha is, ein adam nitpas v'shas kasu. A person is not held accountable for these outbursts when they're so disturbed. So this is this is included in sacred sacred literature, right? That you can ask these questions, be and 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 we'll see how the friends answer you. In the end, of course, the Kaddish Baruch Hu gives Eov a pulls back the, the the veil, the mechitza shows him the big picture, and Eov says, "Okay, I don't know exactly why everything is the way it is. I don't know exactly why I have to suffer, but I know I'm in good hands, and I know it all makes sense." So his friends, how did Eov's friends answer him regarding this? They said, you do away with fear and impair devotion to God. You're going to drive everyone away. You can, if, when you talk like this, you're basically going to disconnect people to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So what did they say? True, the Holy One be, created the Yetzer Hara, which we have, we have to understand what that language means too. We've learned what those words mean and we'll review it. But he created Torah as an antidote to counter its effects and prevent it from gaining control. Meaning, Chazal say, of course, you're right. There is Ra built into the world. It has to be like that. But there's also Torah given to the world. And that is going to make, that is going to be the, the guarantee that the Ra itself, which is built into creation, is part of the Halacha, the Mahalach, the path through which we'll eventually see the great R and everything will achieve its fruition. Okay, so what does this mean? Yes, now? Lech lecha to Abraham going to the halacha. Like, lech lecha, interesting. It's lech. It's the way of going. It's the path that now he's entering. He's going. This is there's a path that will the things will unfold according to a mahalach. Mm -hmm. Now here's the thing. Let's just remember what the yetsahar means. The word yetsar is yotzer to form, and ra you know means broken. We form out of our perception, something that doesn't work. Our mindset is broken. Our way of uh, evaluating the world is broken. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. We get subsumed in the moment and in the pain and suffering. We don't see the big picture. We don't zoom out and remember what we learned last week about hamakom, that everything's part of a much bigger reality. And we get drowned by just the, the, the triggers of, uh, that, are, you know, that we're dealing with. And then we start thinking about them without context, without a larger context, and we get lost and we drown in them. And that's called the Yetzahara, and that causes us to do all sorts of things. What we're learning here is if you know that it's built into the system and you understand its purpose and you can zoom out and see it like that, you won't get so lost in it and so reactive to it. And so you won't drown in it and you won't lose yourself in it. So. Let's talk about the idea um, of names, because in this encounter, in this nevuah, that's what's going to come up. What's your name? What's your name? Don't ask for my name. My name is this. Let's talk about names. The Chazal that we just read said that the Torah is the thing that's going to help us ensure that the truthfully, the, the potential for evil, which is built into the world, all right, which is intense survival mode. Evil is all survival mode. It's all the extreme of I'm all alone. 
and I'm very vulnerable and I better take control of this world before it takes control of me and therefore I can do whatever I want and it leads to Hitler, it leads to everything, okay? By the way, Hitler and Mein Kampf wrote the conscience. He says, the conscience is a Jewish invention and it's a mutilation of the mind. Like circumcision is a mutilation of the body because a conscience means, wait, 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 you can't do whatever you want. There's a bigger picture here. Maybe people have troubles or are suffering for a larger reason, right? Maybe, maybe you're, you know, maybe this world and, and the, the, uh, um, and, and the opportunities that, uh, that come, the opportunity to, to, to uh, ex I don't want to use the word opportunity, it's the wrong word, but uh, this world and what unfolds in this world is, is all leading to a greater end. And it's not just a power struggle right here, right now. And therefore there's something called the conscience. And you don't get to just do whatever you want. And Hitler said, that's a mutilation. That concept is a mutilation of mine. It's the also Yetzirah, it says they're the people that say there's a bigger picture, their mind is malfunctioning. Those that say there is no truth, nothing but power, their mind is functioning correctly. All right. And by the way, this comes up in, in the stream against Yaakov and Esau. All right. Um, now, what happened? So the, so the Chazal just said that the Torah is the way we're going to be able to manage this. Now, let's go into a very profound idea, an idea you probably heard about in different ways. Ramban says this in the beginning of the, the he says this uh, as an introduction to understanding what Torah is. He says that the entirety of Torah are the names of Hashem. Have you all heard that? Okay, let's try to understand that a tiny bit. The whole Torah, if you put all the letters together without spaces, whatever, it's the name of Hashem. What do we mean by this? So we mean that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought the world into creation with the Bayes, with the two realities, um, HaKadosh Baruch Hu intended the goal of it, the Torah which was written, to give us a glimpse into God's mind and give us the halacha, the Torah intended to have, a, Hashem intended to have a relationship this way to humanity through this, this design of the world. You only use a name in relationship to someone else. If you're on a desert island, you don't need a name, correct? You don't call yourself your own name when you're talking to yourself. You only need a name in relationship to someone else. The concept of Hashem's name means Hashem's desire to have a direct contact and relationship to others. If the entire Torah is the names of Hashem, that means that the stories in the Torah and the halacha in the Torah is, oh, is there for us to find our ability to attach to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all right? Now, here's the thing, okay but there's clearly in the names of Hashem, in the way the Torah is unfolding, in the halacha we just said, is clearly two realities. It's called good and bad. And bad is a halacha too. And bad is the way, evil is the way that clearly Hashem is gonna have a relationship with people. It's halacha, it's built into the system. And then the Torah is what we said is an antidote, right? The Torah comes in, the Torah is Hashem's names. So let's put this together. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us, dictated to Moshe Rabbeinu a Torah, which when we learn it, 
we're learning how to have an attachment to Hashem, but in that we're discovering that there is a halacha built into the system, the reality of evil. It must be that evil's existence is ultimately how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to have a relationship with us. It's part of the names of Hashem. How do we understand this? And this is all the background for this battle between Yaakov and Esau, okay? So Rav Moshe, I want to read you straight from Rav Moshe because he says here, says here, and we'll learn this Gemara shortly. The Gemara says in Baba Basra 75b that the tzaddikim will ultimately be called by the name of Hashem. We'll join our name, so to speak, meaning how others see us, what we contributed, the impact we made that others can define, can recognize, okay? That will be attached to Hashem's names. So the righteous will ultimately be called by the names of Hashem, the name that was revealed through them. Right? Each person has a name too, meaning what of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's interaction with the world and relation with the world was revealed through you. And when a person reveals something of it, their name is attached to Hashem's name. But we're learning today that you can, it can be revealed through evil. It's part of the design of the world. It's part of the names of God. It's part of the way we recognize a Kaddish Baruch Hu and we attach. We are the ones through whom the concept of his names exist. Through us, they become true reality. So he brings, we call in Hashem's name, Korei B'Shem Hashem, that was Avraham, right? We sanctify, Mekad Shemecha, we sanctify Hashem's name. We bring Karbanos for Hashem's name, right? We, um, we, um, we worship in Hashem's name. We say, Baruch Shem Kavod Malchuso. By the way, Shechem, Shem, Kavod, Machuso. We have a previous year all about this, which we'll just, just review a little bit at the end. Um, it's all about attaching to the names. It's all about internalizing and, and, becoming, and becoming attached to the names. But again, what we're saying here is, this is the idea, the background for the whole story, is that um, part of the names is going to be the part of the base. That's part of Hashem's name, the two. So our question is, and this is the Baba Basra that's written right here, that um, how do we understand this? That we call out in Hashem's name, we we murmakadesh Hashem's name two ways, either or. Okay, so we have mitzvahs ase, which relate to this, things we do in order to call out in Hashem's name, to reveal Hashem's name, to show Hashem's attachment to the world. And we have los ases, things that we don't do. Now, with the low sases and the assays, here's the thing. Moshe brings this down. I didn't put it in the notes. When a person fulfills a mitzvah's assay, so they've done something to, so to speak, be makadish, the name. If a person violates a mitzvah's assay, or let's say rather more severe, they violate a low sase. So built into the Torah is always some sort of punishment, malchus or something, or maybe more, depending. So that whole construct that if somebody violates the MS, the name of Hashem, something of the way Hashem should be revealed in the world, then they are, they're, they're sanctioned. There's some sort of punishment. Now we know in the time of the basic English, they could actually punish someone. But the deeper idea here is that if somebody violates the way the world is designed, they tamper with Hashem's system, 
built in is that the system malfunctions. Just think about the human body. A person drinks too much liquor, they will get cirrhosis. And they're, you know, it's built in. You cannot, you, there's a halacha, there's a way the world is going to be. It's called the din, dina. It's called the din. It's the way it has to be. It's built in, it's two plus two is four. If you tamper with it, it will come back to hurt you. There's no escape. We always talk about this. If you build a bridge with two plus two is 4.1, it's going to collapse and everybody who designed it is going to go to prison. People that are on the bridge are going to die, right? In other words, there's just a mahalach. There's a way things are going to be. And if we violate things, there is, it will malfunction. But you see, that's the point. When two plus two is four is violated, the fact that everything falls apart is the proof that two plus two is four. When there is violation, when we tamper with the system, when there's evil, when somebody operates as if there's no context to their existence, and that brings them the misery, the power struggle, the broken relationships, the war, rebellion, all the stuff that comes with tampering with the system Hashem created and trying to become God themselves, and then, they, then they're decimated for it ultimately, that proves how the system has to work and that you can't tolerate too much deviation from the system. The system doesn't tolerate too much. If we violate the environment until we start suffering from it, we, we violate the environment so that we bring upon ourselves diseases of all sorts and problems of all sorts and who knows what, then we learn that you can't violate the environment. So what we're really saying here is that both the keeping of the assays or the punishments for violating the low assays are two ways to come to the same truth. How does this apply to good and evil? There's two paths to seeing the Metzias, to the ultimate Hashem. One is a direct way. Do it right. Live according to the halacha of Torah mitzvahs. That you know what the other path is? The indirect path? Not the path of revealing truth. The path of negating what's sheker. Having it implode on itself. Because that's what it inevitably will do. Letting sheker build itself up. Believe in itself. Get carried away with itself. Okay. And then hit the brick wall of reality. All right, of the way Hashem designed the world, and then it explodes. It self-implodes. That's what it does. That's another way of finding MS. One is the MS itself is blindingly revealed. The other one is the different way, where the MS is not blindingly. It's revealed through the implosion of Sheker. Start thinking about, we have a, class, we have a previous class on this, with Tanya's going to, going to link Start thinking about the idea of why Leah cried so much she didn't want to be married to Esav. What is going on here? What is Esav? Right? What is Esav? Esav is the indirect path. The building of Sheker so to such a point where in its implosion, it reveals the MS. Okay? Leah, we've learned this. It's called, it's, 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 it, we've, these are Aramaic words, Iskasya. Leah represents the, or the light, the MS that's hidden in the Sheker. Takes a long time till the Sheker explodes and you finally see the MS. And it's not the pleasant journey. And Leah is the Arhagana, so to speak. And there's crying. Crying always is, Bechi is Navoch. It's confusing. Navoch and Heim Ba'aretz Parah said they're lost. 
Bechli is crying. When you cry, your eyes don't work and you can't make a coherent sound. Your eyes and your mouth don't work. Everything's confusing. You can't explain it. It makes no sense. It's just overwhelming because there's MS hidden in the expansion of Sheker and it's waiting to be revealed when the Sheker explodes and, and self-destructs. And that's the concept of Leah's crying. Does that make sense? It's a difficult path to go. Both methods are built into creation. Both reveal the shame Hashem. The, both ultimately bring humanity to a relationship with Hashem. The long path is called the Sitra Achra, the other side, so to speak. It's called the Saravesa. It's called Samael. It has names that you might encounter. But the point is that eventually it concedes. It implodes and concedes. And it says, I'm Sheker, clearly. I was always Sheker. And at that point of concession, that's when the, the revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is clearest. And that's when we, by default, because there's nowhere else to go, we reattach ourselves to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because that's the only MS left standing. That's it. That's what's left standing. So Maisha explains, and he talked about this a lot. You understand how Sheker actually needs to get so big to take over the world, to fill every corner. Because then when it implodes, everyone suddenly finds themselves nowhere but in the light of the MS. It's got to be that big. And Ramosha used to say, think about it. Who was more effective in causing Amishol to really attach to the Torah and commit to the Torah forever? Moshe, or Sinai, or Haman? And it was Haman. Because through the miracle of Purim, it became so obvious that Sheker boomerangs on itself and what's left is the Emes. We had a whole share about Esther going into the palace was the concept of Rachel, her ancestry, her ancestor, going into that place of the hidden R within the Sheker and revealing it, going to, so to speak, save Leah, right? Going to into the Sheker to implode it and bring out that what was hidden beneath the whole story. The shame of Hashem that you don't even find in the Megillah. That's hidden in it, right? So both methods were built into creation and the negative, the thing is that the negative, when the negative concedes, when the Sheker concedes, okay? Moshe says that when the, the negative substantiation of truth is generally stronger than the positive, it's more effective than the positive. And the reason why it's more effective is because the, the implosion of Sheker is a result of humanity trying in a trillion different ways to establish their perception of what you know, of what the world should be. And therefore, when it implodes, it's like we learn it from trial and error, from our own de de defeats versus being taught it from above. It comes through our own, our own, our own experience. Now, here's an unbelievable, and by the way, the word sone, or Moshe points out, is brings up others seven times edo, meaning seven times always means the full extent of creation of the physical world and history. Seven is always this world, right? And seven times seven is the full expansion of everything that will transpire in the world. Sone begematria is seven times Edom. So the point is 
that it's got to get so big. It's got to take over everything. It's got to be so all-inclusive, the sheker, because then when it pops, that's it. No more, nothing more needs to be said. The MS stands alone. So look at this Medrashim, voracious Raba. Sone means that hatred. Halacha biyadua esav sone liyakov. It has to be. It must, it's built in because this ultimately is the path that will be most effective. So this isn't, look at this Medrash and Bracious Rabbi. I mean, you wouldn't even believe this if it wasn't in the Medrash. Look what he says. Ravavahu and Ravchia and Ravchia Rabba. Ravavahu said, from the beginning of the creation of the world, Hashem, Kadosh Baruch Hu, saw the actions of the righteous and the actions of the wicked. Meaning, what do you mean? Saw Hashem implanted the world with these things. Okay. This is what is written in Tehillim Aleph, that Hashem knows the ways of the righteous. And then it says, now, okay. So these are the actions of the wicked. It brings two psukim. Hashem sees the righteous that, it, that they exist and the wicked. And then Hashem said, Vahiar, let there be light. That's the actions of the righteous. So Tohu is the wicked. Vahiar is the righteous. Now look what the Gemara says. This is Medrash. Look what the Medrash says. But how should I know? I don't know, meaning how should we know which one of them he desired, the actions of the righteous or the actions of the wicked? This is the Medrash saying, which one does Hashem want more? He built them both in. Tovavohu and R. Chaos and R. Which one does Hashem want? They ask the question, how do we know what she wants more? Which is the path? Which is the most effective path? Total denial until that moment of transparency, so to speak, or transparency from the beginning. Since it is written, Hashem saw the light that it was good, it means now we can feel, okay, this teaches us that Hashem desires the actions of the righteous and not the actions of the wicked. In other words, now we know that what HaKadosh Baruch Hu prefers is that we go the direct way and do the proper halacha and reveal the MS, the, you know, the, 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 the kind of simple way versus the other way what what in the world is going on here like there's a real debate which one does Hashem want so the fact is meaning when it says which one does Hashem want it means which path is more effective you see HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us Bechira by putting in that Mechitza between the Elyonim and the Tachtonim and that means we have the opportunity to choose how, what our self-concept is, how we see ourselves. If we see ourselves as part of something bigger, remember the first, the, the earlier Navu of ya Yaakov is Makom. I'm, I exist in a greater Makom. And then after Yaakov had that epiphany, he saw the ladder, the Neshama, the Nefesh Chaim says, the flow, the direct feed of Hashba, of Shefa from God right into our minds, if we choose it. Okay. And a person gets a chance, gets, a, gets the Bechira to make a choice, what their self-concept is going to be. It takes work to develop a true self-concept, and it takes commitment, and that's what the Torah is, to remind ourselves who we are and go the, the Torah-style halacha. Most people who don't make that commitment, they're going to end up not getting their source of ideas from a higher place, but rather what's called Seichel Enoshi, their thoughts and ideas are going to come from the stimuli around them and the realities around them. And what first thing that's going to happen, as we always learn, is they're going to say, oh my, 
this is a very, this is a big world. I'm very vulnerable. How do I survive? And they're going to slip right into survival mode and all the most vicious, brutal forms of it. This is the choice Hashem gave us. So the question here is, you know, Hashem, you built the mechitza. You made the separation between the elyonim and the tachtonim. So what do you want? Do you want people to just live in the world you created and figure it out the hard way? Okay, like Avram kind of started figuring it out from the world itself. Or do you want to just kind of shortcut the whole thing, right? We've been talking about shortcuts. Give everyone a Torah and tell them, here, this is the path, this is the best way. So Ami shall, of course, take the shortcut route. We don't want to figure it out from trial and error like everybody else. We take the shortcut route. And our job, of course, is to try to impress upon people that that is a better route to take, okay? Minimally, the seven mitzvahs. However, if people don't take that path, that's okay. They will take the other path. And in the end, they'll learn it that way too. But we're saying what a Kaddish Baruch Hu, so to speak, wants is that we know the name. We know a Kaddish Baruch Hu, We know the, we have a relationship with a Kaddish Baruch Hu, The, um, you know, without too much pain and suffering on our behalf, that we, we learn that there is a shortcut. There actually is a shortcut, which is called the Torah. And... Um, and that uh, people should begin to understand that that's what it is and become inspired by that. Now let's go into the exact, this idea of which name is preferred. This is now the background, you know, it's so late for the struggle with the Malach of, of Esau. So, Vayavasa Yaakov Levado, Vayavik Ishimo at Allah Shachar. This one plus it tells you that until the dawn, the real dawn of Yemosa Mashiach, this is going to be what's going on. There's going to be a struggle. And the struggle is in the words, and Rambam, I just brought the Rambam here, you can read it yourself, that this is a Nebuah, it's going on in Nebuah. Look at Rabbeinu Bechaya, he says, the struggle, Vayavek Avak, okay? Vayavek is like from the same language as Chibuk, okay? Hugging, they were entangled with each other, hugging with each other. My grandfather always said, you know, when you see two people from a distance and their arms are around each other's necks, you don't know if they're hugging or they're trying to kill each other. This is a struggle between two forces that are always intertangled. We'll call them survivor and creator. They're always intertangled, okay? And it's gonna be like this till the end. This is built into the system that these two forces will interplay with each other, all right? They will learn the straight way, we'll learn the hard way. And our lives are just like that. Some things we just get it right from the beginning because it's just so strong in our chinuch and so impressed upon us. And some things we get it right the, the long way around. <laughs> we figure it out through trial and error, right? Rashi says that the, the word in the word vayavik is not just hidden the concept of chibok, of entanglement, but avak dust. It's very confusing. It's always going back and forth. It's the whole, the entire journey is one of constant entanglement and confusion. Up to the Kisya Kavod. Now we know what Kisya Kavod, we've learned a little bit what it means. Kisya Kavod means the ability to perceive and become aware of a Kodesh in the physical world. It's always going to be a struggle. Which way are we going to get there? Which way are we going to attach to the name, so to speak, have a relation with Hashem? Which way are we going to perceive a Kodesh embedded in the physical world, either through straight, direct Torah mitzvahs, enlightenment, or the hard way when we tamper with the system and it and malfunctions on us. It's just the, the avak. Avak till the kisei kavod. Kavod means our awareness of the presence of God within creation. Okay? 
Yes, that's right. Very good. The nach- beautiful, Bobby Sandy. The nachash, which is gematria, mashiach. It's the same concept. Nach- nachash is. Let's. Well, the idea is this. Yes, you're right. There's a. You're pointing out something important. Nachash in gematria converts. It transforms itself. It becomes the mashiach. It's exactly what we're saying today. The concept of the sheker that gets bigger and bigger and convinces us, confuses us, draws us away. Okay, it itself, when it is, you know, when it when itself is revealed to be empty, so to speak. All right, it creates the confusion. The avak, it becomes mashiach. The difference between nachash and mashiach. Nachash is nun is fifty, and then there's ches shin. Mashiach is ten and forty. See the difference? Fifty is. 50 is complete. 10 and 40 is 40 is always the number for the development of something new. And 10 is always the number for you, the, all the ones coming together in a, in a group, which is 10, which is the concept that everything is really an expression of one thing. And the Mashiach is the journey and the process where then the Nachash literally becomes, turns itself into Mashiach when it's revealed. Do you know what else you, where else you see it? David and Doeg. David and Doeg. David has a dollar at the end. Doeg has an aleph and a gimel. There's so many hints to the, the good and evil where one just, so to speak, eventually reveals itself to be carrying all the MS in it by itself. So, as we said, when it self-destructs, it reveals that there's no alternative. All sorts of things. Let's not go into the for right now because we have so little time. But no, these ideas should... The point of these ideas of this language that we're using is to once you have language, suddenly all of, so many things you've learned begin to like fall into place because you have the tools to understand what the words mean. So here, so the avak means it's very confusing. All right, it goes up to the kisei hakavod. Then they struggle. Then this evil, this malach of esav, sitra akha, whatever you want to call it, says, "Okay, shall, I got to go." Send me because it's morning. Now, this, of course, is a reference like, please release me from this struggle that I must have with you. This is why I'm created. It's built into the system. Please release me. It's the morning. Morning being the future of ultimately the, the re-dawn, okay, of, of, of the Gile Shechina, when, when it's all over, when the history has reached its climax and we uh, have, get to the point of Molokol Ha'aretz Deya Hashem. So he says, release me because it's morning. Rashi says, I have to sing Shira. I'm a Malach. I'm, I'm created by a Kodesh Baruch Hu, and it's my job to sing Shira. Okay. And Ra- Yaakov says, I'm not going to release you uh, until you give me a bracha. Meaning, I've done my job. I have to go join the other Malachim, meaning I have to go join and be identified as a force that ultimately leads to the praise of Hashem. So Yaakov says, no, the only way you're going to ultimately be part of the shear of Akadosh Baruch is you have to concede. Now you need to concede and say that I am, I, the brachas, so to speak, are, are mine. In other words, I, my path, the path that I was always upholding, the path of the commitment to the MS that you were fighting so hard against, you have to now in your in your kind of revelation that you're not evil, you're a malach, you need to concede. In other words, you, all your evil has to concede that it's evil, that it was here to ultimately cha- to, 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 to challenge and provide this path 
to revelation that looks very different than Yaakov's path, but ultimately that's its purpose. So he says, um, he says, okay, I'm going to concede. And the way he concedes is the ultimate concession of all Sheker in the future, all implosion of Sheker upon itself. And he says, I'm going to concede, what's your name? Mashemecha. And he says, in other words, what is the way that people will, will know you? So listen to the answer. He says, Lo Yaakov Yemar od Shemecha, ki im Yisrael. Now you're going to have two names. People are not just going to say Yaakov. They're going to say your name is Yisrael. They're going to relate to you on two levels. Okay. Kisarisa im Elokim v'manashem atochelp. And because you struggled with people and with powerful forces. Elohim here means powerful forces. Very powerful for Elohim really, powerful forces. Meaning you struggled against physical people, reality, and you struggled against ideas. You put up a mighty struggle against Sheker in all its forms, holding on to this direct path, which is the Torah, which is the path. You were the only ones that really held on to the direct path where everyone else was going the indirect path, which now they're, which now is leading to the same end. And people are going to now know you uh, on this level that you refuse to, you refuse to, to um, capitulate, not to human, human forces. We're going to see that in the Shola and not to ideas. Okay. And, um, and then Yaakov says to him, well, what's your name? How am I supposed to relate to you? How am I supposed to identify you, this force of evil in the world that is designed to get so big so that it can implode and thereby be understood, you know, to be really an, a, another, uh, the ultimate revelation. So he says, he says, um, tell me your name. Why do you ask for my name? And he gave, and he conceded the brachas there. So what does it mean? Why do you ask for my name? So what do you, he says, why do you ask for my name? Why are you wanting to know how to have a relationship with me? Why, you why do you want to know how to know me and how to have a relationship with me? There's two separate paths. And, and we find ourselves, when we find ourselves and when we find ourselves suddenly in the other way, okay, when we find ourselves misusing this world, going down the other halacha, mahalich, the path of the path is confusing path, the path where we get lost in ourselves and we misuse the world. And then we say, well, what, what, how, do I, how do I know you? How do I relate to you? What, what is your name? And the Malach says, don't ask my name. It doesn't even matter. Just, you don't need to know my name. As long as you know, in other words, as long as you know you're, you're in option B, you can get out of it, okay? You don't have, in other words, remember we said all the reasons for anti-Semitism, there's so many books written why there's anti-Semitism. It says, don't ask for my name. Don't look for what is the relationship, why I fought you, what that name is, what my perceived relationship, don't look for the names. It's nothing to do with that, okay? I'm built into the system. And when you find yourself slipping into my zone, you'll know and you opt out, okay? You go the other mahalach. So, um, so um, because it's, 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 there's no real name for it. It just has to be some version of opposition to direct MS Tiyako. The Shalah HaKodesh says like this, and um, hopefully we have a couple more minutes just to just refer this back to the next story, which is the Dina story, which follows. 
the Shalaha Kodesh essentially says, Lama Zet, look at the bottom. You could read the top also, but just for Lama Zetishalishmi. Why do you ask my name? Ein chat sarich you don't need to know. Ki af ra'ot ha'chorbanot v'hagoliyot, af shehim ra'vaklala l'fi hanira. All the chorbanot and kolot, all the tzaras that Jewish people are eventually going to go through, no matter how bad and cursed they are, okay? Be'emes, in truth, heim siba ha'bracha, they are the cause, the reason of the eventual bracha. Ki, listen to the words, ki yiyeh, Yitron or mikoach hachosha, the excess, the ex, the yeter, the increased light, the how do you say yeter in English? Yitron, the excess, the excess light that will be revealed will be mikoach hachosha because of the darkness through the path of darkness that will be revealed. This is the secret. Where it says about Yaakov, gam et Rachel mi Leah. That he loved the Rachel. That's the, remember we learned this? That's the hard, long journey through Gullus. He loved it. He accepted it because it was the path to revealing the Arhagonos, the Leah, the clarity that would come the Ace of Path. Remember? So he says, the, the truth is that the reason there's so much is because that's the way you're going to have an excess of R. It's going to come from the like nuclear explosion of Sheker. Okay. So the Jewish people. Yisrael. In other words, from Yisrael, that the Jews will have to be Sovil. Okay. The Zehu Sod, and that's the secret of the words of Ayavarach Oso Shun. He gave him a bracha there, in that place, meaning in the place of Gullus. Klomar, Afilu Shun, even there, in the, in the difficulty, in the bitterness, in the darkness, Shubizman Klala, time of curse, a Holocaust time. It's going to be nahapochu. It's going to all be revealed. Leah is also called ishapcha, not just iskasya, a hidden, but ishapcha. Okay, it's going to be revealed. Okay, lebracha through Rachel. Really, these we have a whole class, and Tanya, you're going to link it. It's called uh, the secret of Lilith and Leah. Tishapech lebracha veyiu lesasson ulesimcha. It's going to be for great joy. So what we're learning, yeah, same words, correct. So we just jump ahead for the for the to the secret of the of the of the Shem Hamar Dina incident. Okay, Dina Basleya goes out. You see, here's the thing, Dina Leia is the it's the hidden MS and R that submerged in the Sheker because that's a path too, but it wants to come out. But it can't come out too soon. It's not the way Hashem set up the world. Dina is referred to as which din, right? The real, the MS, the MS. This world is connected. That you can't tamper with it without, without you know, kind of, um, you know, carelessly. You can't. It's gonna pop. The bubble's gonna pop. She wants this. Is, we want to reveal this already. Dina is referred to as a yalda. She's too young. And what happens is that this Leia is also referred to as a yeah, that she goes out. The, the concept of Leia and Dina is that we want to get 
the shortcut already. We don't want to go through this whole process for Sheker to grow and grow and grow and expand itself and expand itself and expand itself while everybody's suffering because of it until it finally implodes. It's a very painful process. So we want to shortcut it. But the way Hashem set up the world is you can't do it. And that's the secret to, to a little bit of the story of Dina. In other words, chamor, chomer, the raw material, the world. And hidden in it is shame, kavod, malchus. It's the name of the awareness of Hashem's in the world. And you know what they want? Then this world itself, Shechem ben chamor, is, is need and is craving the truth within it to be revealed. It doesn't want to be a world of Sheker. It's desperately attracted to Dina Basleya. It, it has a chibuk and a, and a chuka and a ava for Dina Basleya. This world desperately wants to reveal the inner emes. The problem is that it need, it is a process. And the story means that she's raped. She's taken too soon. She's taken against her will. You can't do it. You can't get the great benefit and bracha of seeing the MS unless you let Sheker implode. You can't get it without Sheker imploding. There's no sure. You can't live in Sheker, right? Shechem ben Hamar. You're living in the world of Homer, living a life of Sheker, and you want the benefits of the people that attached themselves to MS, and therefore they became a very special culture with all sorts of insane strengths and talents, not just in, in wisdom and intelligence. You know, this is the mistake that is made. Let's make it very current and very relevant. Everybody sees Am Yisrael, Israel today. By the way, the story of Dina, Dina happened in Israel. Every, right, right, right before the rededication of Beit Kel, right before the rededication of Beit Kel. This is like Hanukkah, also our days. So it's in Eretz Everybody sees the value of the Jewish people. They don't just see our high tech and our brilliance and our startups and our endless flowing juices of creativity. They also see a very, a flourishing land and a happy people and a camaraderie and a, and a, and a certain, you know, they see so much, right? Not perfect, but so much. And they say, we want the goods. We want all these benefits. We wanna have, we wanna benefit from all this, but they don't understand that the way Amishol became this sort of nation is because of our attachment to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which doesn't just give us an, a shortcut, so to speak, to understanding how to, understanding the world and understanding how to derive great inventions and, and creative you know, accomplishments from the world. It also, it also it translates into our moral and ethical behavior. It also translates into our mindset of, of caring about human life and dignifying human life and tikkun olam and helping everybody. It's a whole package. And it, come, it came the hard way. It came the hard way. And they wanna take the benefits of this ideology, this R, okay? And they don't want, they don't want the, they do not want, like they do not want the, the, the obligations of moral and ethical and mitzvahs, none of that. They wanna shortcut the whole thing. And they wanna grab, in a sense, our, the, the, the results of our, thousands and thousands of years of commitment to a Torah ideology, a Jewish ideology, take the blood brachas, so to speak, take the benefits and, and, and violate the core, the context, the attachments of Kodesh Baruch Hu that it came from. In other words, that everybody understands there's a great light that's gonna be revealed. We're seeing glimmers of it today, glimmers, but it's part of a much bigger picture. And the big picture is that the great light that Amishol is that has the ability to reveal is um, 
is because of our attachment and not and and uh, and and, the, and and all the and what we're saying here today essentially is that the concept of sheker is that thinking that you can attain all these things without first undergoing so to speak the the, the destruction of the ideology that um, uh, that um, that uh, the destruction of all the other ideologies other than an attachment story until those all those other things are destroyed and they're all seen to be empty you're not going to really see the real MS you can't have them both together Shem is a story of wanting everything but in any case go back we'll, we'll link the other class and um, what's the takeaway here the takeaway here is we have an approach to pain and suffering and sorrows and evil and difficulty. That's the takeaway. We have an approach. Okay. It's part of the path. It eventually concedes. It eventually will reveal the MS. And therefore, we cannot let ourselves be vanquished by it. Yaakov holds strong. He fights it and fights. He doesn't give into it. He doesn't give into it. He does it. He he walks away limping. We didn't get to that, but the the idea. Very nice. Get Hanasha. There's so much. You know what's the hardest thing about preparing a shear? So much stuff that you know that you can't include. Just like a little bit. By Trump said yes. I think it was yesterday, two days ago, and now the only. I think he was going to Hassan Sober, but he says why specifically the Yara. And he said that beautiful ideas. Put it on the QA so everyone could share them. But yes, Gid Hanasha is what did you say? What are the what was it? Read it. He's answering his own question. Yeah. Yeah. Hagida Nashamecha. Hagida Nashamecha is Beautiful. 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 Unbelievable. Fabulous. Hagida is fabulous. You're hired. The idea is one second. The main idea of people, people get drowned because of the suffering, the tsaris, whether it's their personal or, or national. We, we, this is the Jewish approach. It's a very important approach to, 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 to hold on to and to use when people are overwhelmed and kind of feel like they can't hold on anymore. Why do, what does the Kodesh Baruch want from everything to be able to hold on a little longer? Yeah, I'm going to end the, the recording, but I'm not going to end the meeting, okay? So you could stay on and listen to the questions and answers, okay? Two minutes for interesting.